now. This is Box to Box with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. Oh, what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner. Absolutely fantastic! Hello and welcome to Box to Box, the show that is everything football on Macquarie Radio, NTS News Talk Sport. You're with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. First edition news with Mark Van Aken in a minute. And while the last few weeks and possibly the next few were about the Socceroos, this week the name on everyone's lips has been our brilliant Matildas who are going from strength to strength as one of the country's most successful sporting teams. And in that side there are a few bigger names than the brilliant Lisa Devanna who will kick us off after the opener of the show tonight. Then with the FFA Cup at the sharp end, of course, there's a Melbourne side represented in the semi-finals. But who would have thought it would be South Melbourne who'd crash their way through? Mark did, ahead of their more fancied A-League neighbours. Their coach, Chris Taylor, friend of the show, did, and he'll join us on Box to Box to look at that game in the semi-finals ahead. And, of course, we'll wrap up the first hour, as we always do, with our main Dean Hennessy to talk through the FFA Cup games, both of them, and a look ahead at the A-League season, just two weeks away in the second hour. Of course, we'll kick off with the second edition news. Then, after a good but not great season last year, Perth Glory are looking for better things in the coming season to talk us about how their preparations are going. Classy Backman, Alex Grant and Dino will be back with the international scene. And we'll wrap it up with a, a rant from the terraces with stoppage time. So stick around for that. Mm. That's going to be a special edition. Michael, um, your week, um, how, how has it been? You must have enjoyed watching South Melbourne do so well um, uh, <laughs> as much as you love them. Good afternoon, uh, Rob, and good afternoon, Mark, and good afternoon, listeners right around Australia and NTS for Box to Box. Um, my week was about the Matildas, just quietly. I thought That's they uh, have been absolutely sensational. Um, really looking forward to speaking to Lisa Devanna. I want to know what this reptile gang thing is all about. Mm. Uh, we'll ask her about that. But uh, but uh, more evidence in the FFA Cup, too, that the NPL sides are closing the gap on the A-League. Mm. A fantastic performance by Blacktown City in almost We're not getting expecting over the line. That in the semifinals, Western Sydney are we? Um, in semifinals, oh, look, I don't know. But I think South Melbourne's a very uh, classy team, um, they proved that uh, dispatching of Gold Coast comfortably. Mark's very happy. And I think it's great for uh, NPL football that we're going to have a very big game at Lakeside. And hopefully it will be like the days of old. Um, if, if, if South Melbourne fans can get the feeling that I did when Heidelberg mm. played Melbourne City uh, two or three years ago when there was a very big crowd at Olympic Village, over, over 10,000 people, if we can replicate that with South Melbourne, Hellas and uh, Sydney FC. I know Mark will be uh, Mark will be jumping out of his skin. In fact, I'll be a bit worried about him because he might have a heart attack. He'll be that excited. <laughs> I'll certainly, boys, be uh, dispatching the media pass that night. I'm going to go as a punter oh, yeah. and I'm going to go nuts. Yeah, go yes. crazy. Well, it's great because I, mean, I, I was talking to... Bob James, what's it called? Yeah, Come on. Yeah. I was talking to a guy at work today who um, who hasn't seen Hellas uh, um, live for years, but he, w- he was telling me about the great memories he had as a young fellow. He's an Italian bloke and his mate... Uh, was Greek and his uh, his dad used to take them to the games and he'd give them a dollar each to just get lost when the game was on and they just they just loved it so you know um, they're the they're the they're the golden days that that we've sort of uh, dispatched in many ways uh, you know the ba- the bathwater that was thrown out with the baby when the A League started and uh, and it's it's not gone completely has it we, we we've got were the, they on the jumping castle on the goals I didn't ask him about that but they were there having fun <laughs> I tell you what South will never Never be fully back until that jumping castle is back. <laughs> That's fine. Hey, as we know, of course, uh, South Melbourne dispatched Gold Coast City six goals to nil, while Western Sydney 
had some hard work against Blacktown City, having to win on pens, four goals to two. So the semis are, as we've touched on, Western Sydney taking on Adelaide United, who cares, and South Melbourne taking on the reigning A-League champions, Sydney FC, down at Bob Jane Stadium, boys. And uh, for the uninitiated, hang on, hang on, what is South Melbourne known as? The Oceania's team of the century, is that right? Oceania yeah. team of the century, yeah. <laughs> Four-time national champs. How many times Western Sydney won the national championship? And mm. Roberto Carlos Adelaide? won't be their coach he's, because yeah, he's, he's in, in jail. jail. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that didn't work out well for Roberto. Is he actually in jail? Did he actually oh, get put in jail? He, he was sentenced, I know. I don't know whether he went to jail or not, but he, he did uh, get convicted of not paying alimony. I wonder if he's... I don't know. I don't know the, the details of it, but all with, I know... He wasn't there with Con Butianis, was he? It, like... worked, it worked out well. It worked out well for uh, Roberto, and he's uh, bid to become... So, Chris, CT, um, Stan, as we know him, or as his mates know him, is safe at South Melbourne. Put it that way. Well, we'll talk to him very soon after <laughs> Lisa Devano and Wiley Now, former Socceroo Mark Bosnich says Blacktown City's stunning FFA Cup performance against the Wanderers showcased the need for a national second division. Mm-hmm. But Bosnich said the effort of a team that was uh, out of season, of course, and full of semi-professional professional footballers demonstrated the talent present within the next level of football. The only thing is, Michael, I mean, I don't think it's never been a question of the talent. It's the question of the commercial side, isn't it? Whether we can make the second division work. It is, absolutely. You were spot on, Mark. Um, And I think what we know is that uh, if Blacktown, for example, if they maintain that squad and they went into a full-time you know, professional training environment, they would, you know, the, the upside and the improvement in them would be very significant. Not to mention if they got a distribution to, uh, to, to put into, players, yeah, yeah to, to get some more players. So I think um, it's pretty clear that that uh, these clubs, these traditional clubs that have an infrastructure and a football pedigree, uh, would be very competitive very quickly. Sorry, Rob. If they had the resources behind them. That's fine. And they're not drowning, waving. Now, the Matildas, uh, shall we set to roll into Melbourne in November with another dual series announced this week on Wednesday. Alan Stadge's team will take on China at Amy Park on the 22nd of November before meeting them again in Geelong four days later. Of course, uh, Michael and I, very close to our hearts. Stadge reckons 25,000 could show up at Amy Park for the game, which I would have scoffed at two weeks ago. But after 16,000 in Newcastle on a school night and uh, 15,000 in Penrith on the weekend. Why not? If they doesn't like to be upstage with crowds, so, uh, yeah. If they get the pricing right, they will they, they will have. do very, yeah. very well. Um, but just let's, let's just reflect on uh, the Matildas uh, week that was with Brazil. Um, Lisa Devanna's volley, Samantha Kerr's header in the second game. Um, boy, oh boy, and the first game just quietly. Uh, the crowd at Penrith, the crowd at Newcastle. The reptile uh, celebration of Lisa Devanna. I mean, it was uh, it was all happening, and and you know what what else was happening? Two hundred and fifty thousand people on ABC Free to Wear, and another eighty thousand on Foxtel. Really, really, really go. good ratings. Um, some of the best A League games don't get that. I mean, it's, most it's, of them. Yeah, most none of them. Don't. None yeah. of them do. To be honest. So no, uh, the Matildas no. are the flavour of the month, and the other thing that was really exciting was the amount of young girls in the crowd uh, at both games was very, very impressive. Women's football, we've said before, it's on the march. Get on board. If you haven't got on board, get down to see your local uh, NFL club or your local W League club. Get and have a look at it. It's good fun. How good was the bloke who had his um, old Lucas Neal shirt? And he's he's put the zero next to the two and scrubbed out Neal and put Kerr, and she's given him her shirt. And the Brazilians, uh, they were very generous um, losing uh, that game after uh, the match will ask Lisa, not uh, some of them, not shaking hands. I'm sure Lisa would be very diplomatic about that. Oh, yeah, I'm sure she will. <laughs> 
But who was it? Was it Lana Kennedy? That grabbed one of the hands of, I think it was no, Martha. Samantha, Samantha, Samantha Kerr. And no, grabbed her hand. And, uh, a few of them, but uh, look, yeah, mm. South on. American culture. I mean, I know it's not now culture, but... Uh, to be fair, I mean, look... I mean, I, I don't think we should get too uh, too worried about this, about them not shaking hands. I mean, it's they crack the sads. Big deal. I mean, it happens every day. No, it doesn't. Okay. That's not right. I don't agree well, with you at all. No, no. It's, if you watch it's a, called sportsmanship. To be fair, no, no, we're, no. we're... Yeah, but like we have our different culture. South girls... American culture is different, isn't no, it? No, I, I don't, don't recall don't... not seeing South American international sides um, seen... shaking hands after big games. I saw an international game uh, mm. against... Uh, uh, the team from Minanao in uh, in Brazil, uh, like mm. a top flight game. You're talking about clubs. I'm talking about internationals. Yeah, I mean, this yeah is but I saw representing them walk off their the country. Grand, uh, very grumpy with each other, didn't shake hands. So it's mm-hmm. a, it's look. Let's not get too carried away. But that that can be a bit of a distraction about what was really good about the game. Oh, look, I just think it uh, it adds to the uh, the flavour of the game. Yeah, I think <laughs> I, I don't three mind. Three times just, uh, in we, a row, Rob. We, we want to have a rivalry We've against Brazil. Three times yeah. in a month. Yeah, that's gold. Yeah, that's absolute gold. Hey, what, what else is happening in the news though? I think we're are we wrapping up now. No, no, we've got. Uh, no, sorry. Time. Okay, so Matthew Lecky earned himself a comparison to Ian Robin after his stunning solo goal against Bayer Leverkusen during the week. And um, look, the strike uh, sent uh, Heather Berlin, Heather Berlin, uh, of course, for a 2-1 win over Bayer Leverkusen. It was Lecky's fourth goal of the season. It's great to see him up front, and it's also getting some calls, Michael, to get him up front playing for the Socceroos. That's yeah. right, because he's playing, uh, you know, a lot further forward than he does with the Socceroos. Uh, having said that, uh, he's already equaled his goal tally from last year with five rounds in to the Bundesliga. I have been able to catch on being sport two of his games, and he's been very, very good and hugely pivotal to uh, Hertha Berlin's early season results. And yeah. don't they play? They play in an unbelievable stadium. Yeah. stadium yeah. Well, we'll, we'll talk Amazing about uh, the uh, the the additions to the um, to the Socceroos squad in the second half, including Nikita Rukovica and sure. uh, and just uh, where that's going to go and whether uh, Matt Lecky um, is going to get a, a position up front um, because we need someone up front to. Uh, Get the job. Play done. with the strike, you reckon? That yeah. might be an idea. Winning formula. <laughs> yeah. Ange right. doesn't think so. But anyway, it's fine. All right. Well done, Marco. Stick around because we've got Lisa Devanna. This is exciting stuff. Uh, we're all loving the Matildas. We've uh, made that pretty clear in the in the show so far and uh, and over the journey. But uh, we're really uh, looking forward to have Lisa Devanna on next. So stick around. She's coming up after the break. Box to box. Can you for Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. This is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport on digital radio streaming on the World Wide Web. And of course, our podcast on box to box ntscomau Now, just when we thought it couldn't get any bigger, the Matilda's juggernaut just goes from strength to strength. Uh, and Lisa Devanna is one of the key members of that brilliant side. Lisa, welcome to Box to Box. Thanks, thanks for having me. And, and Lisa, I said it when we thought it couldn't get any bigger, it just keeps on get, getting bigger. From your side of the, uh, the fence, um, just how does it feel, a player who's played over 120 games for the national side? Yeah, look, I can't put an emotion to it. I've been in the team for 15 years. Mm. Um, and just to see the progress from when I started when I was 18 years old, to mm. see where it's come, you know, it's been a long, long time. But, you know, we're finally here and we continue to grow, which is really exciting. Hey, Lisa, tell us about that volley because I've, I've done a little bit of research and uh, some people told me you scored for your club, South Melbourne, uh, a similar type of volley a couple of weeks ago. So um, it's just all in a day's work, isn't it? It was a special goal. Yeah, it's quite funny because uh, I scored uh, just before I went into camp. I scored a similar volley 
And I went into camp and I'm like, I stage to see my goal on the weekend. And, and he goes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's oh, yeah, but it doesn't count if you can't do it at an international level. I'm like, and I just thought, oh, man, I can never please this man. <laughs> so, um, but, um, you know, obviously when I played the game and scored that volley, hmm. uh, later on I said to him, uh, what about now? And he goes, well, you still lost the bet because I made a bet that we wouldn't uh, sell out Penrith. So <laughs> sort of worked out to be even at the end. Uh, that's fantastic news. And um, obviously, um, what is this reptile gang? Um, and obviously, we we uh, it, it's been a bit of a thing on social media. I, I had a look at your Twitter feed, and um, I know that uh, you did uh, um, with a, with a mate. I think that plays with you at uh, South Melbourne. You come up with this skull celebration, which and it sort of morphed into this reptile gang. You need to explain what the reptile gang is. <laughs> yeah, well, it's. Uh kind of hard because um, you know, it's like our little thing and if I start telling you what it's about <laughs> it, it doesn't become a, a mystery but Just anymore. tell us Lisa. Just we tell us. We won't tell anyone. Uh, it, I'll make it short. Um, I had a few friends over and we were watching a documentary about reptiles and dinosaurs and it just can just imagine what our minds went from there so that's how it all started and we just said you know if you ever scored a celebration you should do like a, a reptile celebration. I said oh, well that will be our thing from now on. So it's not no big deal, but it was just our little thing. So a lot of people might not get it completely, but it's just our little thing, and it's going to be my thing from now on. Ah, uh, we love it. Yeah, good on you, Lisa. <laughs> hey, hey, Lisa, and look, just to get back to to those crowds, uh, you know, there, there was um, you know talk uh, when the uh, the Brazil games were announced that uh, you know are, are those venues the right places um, should should the uh, Matildas be playing at, at bigger venues but it, it's just worked out perfectly hasn't it because the the local communities in both Penrith and Newcastle embraced the uh, the, the national side the, the the ticketing price point was just right and uh, and and the the atmosphere at those games was really quite incredible and uh, and the top it off um, you guys just lifted and uh, and got the job done yeah, look, we had to take small steps. We didn't know what, what was going to happen. Um, I think, you know, coming from uh, the Tournament of Nations and being so successful, people wanted to, to see see the Matildas. So I think everything was really pre-planned before that. So to from like from now it's all about building now. Now we mm. can start demanding a little bit more. You know, merchandise was off the roof, you know. Mm-hmm. We sold a lot of merchandise. Like, you got to start small. And I think how we did it and how we set it up and where we played, I think... Penrith is meant to be uh, West Sydney, a very yeah. football-orientated um, area, and, you know, New South Wales country. So it's very, uh, you know, like local family as well orientated. So, yeah. you know, it's sort of brought in the, together um, that kind of atmosphere. So I think moving forward, how we've got those two games um, in November against China, you know, it's Amy, uh, Amy Park, which is one of, for me, I personally think is one of the best football stadiums to play in. And if we can pack that out and then do it down in Geelong, you know, these are little steps are moving forward and showing that you're the growth of women's football gone. This is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. We're talking to Australian football superstar Matilda's Lisa Devana. And uh, Lisa, you know, the, the contrast between uh, women's football in this country and, and, and the United States of America, where, where the women's national football side over there really does take precedence over the men's in terms of, uh, you know, popular acceptance. Yeah, well, I just saw on Twitter that uh, they just played New Zealand and they had 30,000 people at their game. Mm. And that's just amazing just to have that much support. But obviously it's a bigger country. And like any other country, and like Australians, we like battlers and we like winners. And Mm -hmm. we're doing that. And now we're playing good football and having this sort of belief. So, 
you know, it's it's all coming together and we want to get packed out crowds and have that sort of um, system that where the US, where they are the number one sporting team in terms of, um, you know, football. Hey, Lisa, <clears throat> um, our, our Matildas fans right around the country will be really interested to know how you're managing yourself. I mean, you said off the top of the sh- top of the interview that it's been 15 years you've been in the national team. You elected to join South Melbourne in the Victorian uh, NPL for women uh, probably midway through the season. Um, how is that going combining uh, your club requirements at South Melbourne with obviously the elite level uh, with the Matildas? Um, obviously, we've got so many of the girls playing in the... Uh, Women's National Soccer League in America, and you've decided to to, to go down this path. Can you tell us uh, why you made that decision and how it's been going for you? Well, look, um, you know, I'm not young anymore, so I have to really look after my body. I'm at that age where I had to make a choice. You know, I can play overseas and play the national um, for the national team, but I, I thought, you know, it would be very hard on my body, especially the way I play and the way the team plays. So I wanted to be home and play for a club where they were going to support me and have that sort of um, direction of wanting to, to have a professional environment. And South Melbourne was the sort of the team that I felt that I could um, get back. You know, when I first went into the club, I felt like it was such a multicultural kind of uh, club where it felt like playing in the neighbourhood kind of kind of feeling because of, you know, the, the, the history to it. So, but I spend most of my time training with boys and playing the games with the girls and then I have extra sessions to do on top of that with, you know, conditioning, running, just to make sure that my aerobic fitness is up to match. Um, so that, that's how I sort of keep myself fit. But I'm not going to lie, I do, I do miss playing overseas. I miss that um, routine and, the, um, you know, the, the, the mindset and going out and playing every weekend uh, against tough opponents. But, you know, I've done my dues for the last 15 years. Now it's time to really enjoy my football. And what about W League? I can't let you go without asking about the <laughs> W League. Uh, there was uh, a little bit of talk that Canberra might have been in the frame, but I think I read some uh, some stories that uh, that may not be the case. Uh, I mean, we're all interested to know uh, what you'll be doing around the W League. Again, Lisa, you can just tell us. You don't have to tell everyone. You can just tell us. <laughs> yeah, you look, uh, Heather and I have been obviously teammates for 15 years and we're very similar personality. So we sort of sort of talked about it. And I said, look, we sent to Heather both of us said, you know, we need to keep to make sure that our friendship stays alive. I think it's better that I don't play for Canberra. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't kill you and you don't kill me, and then that would be the end of a big story headline there. But um, it's going to be somewhere in Melbourne oh, okay. So okay. I haven't really decided yet. <laughs> Did you hear that? Somewhere in Melbourne or, or Sydney? Sydney. <laughs> or somewhere in Sydney, yeah. Well, that may be much option, still. <laughs> no, no. Well, good luck with the decision. I know you'll be welcome wherever you play, and we, we, we'll love to see you in the W League. And I'm um, looking forward to some of the younger players. In fact, there's a teammate of yours at South Melbourne who's banged in. I understand 40, 40 goals. Melina, yeah. Yeah, tell us about her, Melina Ayres. Uh, she must uh, be a, a good little player. Look, besides, I'll get to the football, but she's a very good kid, and um, you know, her, she's just grown as as the game has as the season's gone. Um, 40 goals in 23 matches is an unbelievable record. You know, she's just a prolific goal scorer. She just has an eye for the goal, and she's just signed for victory. I don't know if that's... Well, that's news now. Um, And I'm sure, you know, she's going to do the same for W League. I hope she gets the opportunity to to grow from there. But, yeah, she's been amazing for us. She's been very deadly for a goal. 
Hey, Lisa, Michael thinks I'm overreacting to this, and I'm just getting back to the, the Brazil games. Uh, is uh, is a question that I wanted to ask you about the uh, the the, the, sh- the handshaking after the game, the Brazilians. Yes. Uh, it, it left a few of the Matildas unimpressed. Um, for the, those of our listeners who might not have picked up on it, some of the Brazilian players refused to shake hands, and Sam Kerr made some remarks post-match that it's not an Australian thing, but she didn't really want to comment on it. Uh, what, do, what do you think of all this? Um, look, it's definitely unprofessional, and I'm not going to lie. I, I I know the brunt of losing and being passionate because it's still a die for them. It's their the love, it's everything to them. And you know, I'm not going to lie. I have done it in the past where I've mm. just been so caught up and mm-hmm. angry at myself and angry that I didn't win. That mm. you forget you forget the sportsmanship of it. Mm. I don't think it's a you know it is rude and and it's unprofessional. But you know. I'm just talking as myself as a player and someone that loves the game more than anything and want to win and die for my country. I can see the frustration, but at the end of the day, you, you've got to do the right thing. And by doing the right thing, is being a bigger person and shaking your opponent's hand, especially in an international match where you know everyone is watching. Yeah, exactly. And, and look, the the example that our Matildas are, are um, providing to to our young sports stars, uh, both uh, female and male, um, is uh, a testament to the quality of the squad that we've got. And and look, we know Brazil have got a proud football history, and it's no knock on the nation. We love the Brazilians and we welcome them here, but it just wasn't a good look. And uh, and, and we contrast that with the uh, the way that um, that our Matildas are playing. Hey, yeah, well- Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, well said, Lisa. No, but um, I'm interested, the, the big six months ahead for the Matildas and, uh, and yourself, obviously the matches against China in uh, in Melbourne and Geelong, and then W League, obviously, most of the girls will be playing in the W League, and then um, off to the Asian Cup in Jordan in April, which will be um, an interesting environment to play in. I mean, it's uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be hot, um, and uh, and those games at the Asian Cup, I understand the group games every two, uh, two days, so you must be looking forward oh, wow. to the Asian Cup. Well, yeah, I actually am. Every two days rest. Um, <laughs> not for my body. Um, so let's get the young kids uh, ready for this. No, look, we, 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 we play Asian teams all the time. The, all that doesn't matter. Um, we've been through it all. So the girls are pretty aware of the circumstances and the situations um, and how things happen. Um, it's going to, like I said, like, like you said, you know, next six months, not just with the Asian car, but we've got, Heaps of games beforehand. I don't know if we've got major tournaments, not major, like tournaments over in Europe. So there's going to be a lot of preparation building up to that tournament. And our main goal is try to seed. Our main goal is obviously to, to be number one in the world and seed good in the in the uh, World Cup rankings. And that comes down to Asian Cup as well. And we want to win that. So Stadge has done a very good job so far um, in preparing us to be the team that we are. And and I, and I think the more time we spend together, the more lethal we're going to be. Yeah, absolutely. I like that word, lethal. Lethal Lisa. Uh, <laughs> hey, Lisa, thanks for coming on the show. Um, we Thank could you. talk all day. We've actually got Chris Taylor coming up next uh, after oh, the wow. good result they had. So the uh, the yeah, coach of your of your uh, the men's team at your club. Yeah. So uh, look, we'll have you. We'd love to have you back on again, Lisa. But uh, we just Any wish time. you all the best. And uh, and we're loving the Matildas. And um, and it's just a great uh, great example of, of 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 a great sporting team in this country. Let alone uh, the rise and rise of uh, of women's sport and women's football. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, and hopefully, you know, we continue to impress the nation. We're sure you will, Lisa. As I said, after the break, South Melbourne men's coach Chris Taylor. That's next on Box to Box.
Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. This is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport on digital radio, streaming on the World Wide Web and, of course, on our app, box2boxnts.com.au as well for the podcast. Now, we all thought a Melbourne side would make the semi-finals of the FFA Cup. We just didn't think it was going to be this one. The coach of the mighty South Melbourne Hellas, Chris Taylor, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Thank you. And uh, I don't think that's underestimating it from the, the broader public, uh, but um, I don't think you would necessarily agree with that sentiment, mate. No, no, no. Well, not, not, not at all, no. No. <laughs> exactly. You got your mate here, uh, Dino. Yeah, well done, Chris. Um, or Stan Lee, well done. It. Uh, when did you actually feel the game was potentially safe? Um, when Miller scored the first goal after about two minutes. Yeah, you're confident. Uh, oh, look, look, confident uh, in the fact that you know if we got up to a good start, we we didn't think we'd make the same mistake as we did last time. Um. Yeah, I'm not saying it was about revenge, but certainly the way we played up there last time was something in the back of our mind, and we wanted to kind of erase those memories and uh, yeah, put things right, I suppose. You've had a very good season. Um, after a slow start in the in the NPL Victoria, you you rattled home, and um, um, you know finals can go either way, as we know. But um, you, you have been in good form, and the players had a good opportunity to prepare for this game. Chris, what do you do now between now and the semi-final to try and keep the players' condition correct, but also, um, you know, match ready because it is it is a tough gig for the NPL side that makes the semi-finals because the A-League clubs are ramping up so so much towards the start of their season. What what are your plans? I'm going on a holiday, so um, <laughs> that's how motivated I am. Um, no, no, but in all seriousness, um, you know, we want to keep obviously training through, but uh, the dynamics are very difficult for a, an NPL team. There's no real teams out there we can play. Um, you know, everyone's finished uh, at our level of competition, um, so we can't have a midweek friendly. Um, the only option we've got is to try and play an A-League team, but they start off in in a couple of weeks' time. Um, so we, we've got to try and keep as conditioned as we possibly can, but uh, by the time we play Sydney, we'll have played one competitive game in seven weeks, so it's, uh, it's not great preparation. It's very difficult, and this is why... Um there is. Uh, it's fantastic that you were there, but it, it's it's why we've got to sort of temper the the excitement with uh, the understanding the task that's ahead of us all. So uh, we're very excited for all the South Melbourne fans because I think as as far as I know, it's the first time South Melbourne's played an A League club in the at home in the FFA Cup, and we can expect a bit of a bumper crowd. We can expect a, a fantastic night, and we encourage all Hellas fans to. Um, to get out and experience... Uh, you're not allowed to say that. Oh, well, so, uh, we're we not allowed to say that? I think we're allowed to say that. Oh, no, no, we, I, think, I think our supporters got told off for using the term. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think... They're very, very passionate about, about it. And, um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's South Melbourne Hellas. And, uh, yeah, of course it is. Behind them all. Yeah. And of course it is. <laughs> I mean, and we want them. We want everybody to, to come out and, um, and fill that place to give... Because um, not only is it is a big opportunity for for your club, Chris, but it's a it, it'll be a celebration of the club's place in the game, won't it? Well, it certainly will. I mean, and, and uh, historically, uh, they they are very significant in what they've done in the past. Um, you know, so yeah, it'd be nice if uh, a lot of people can come out and and throw the support behind the club. And uh, you know, they've made great great steps this year to uh, you know obviously be included in a higher league and whether it's a B-League or, or eventually in the A-League, but uh, I can certainly tell you there's 
the motivation there and the passion within the club is uh, is a driving factor in that. You raise a good point there, uh, Stan, is that with South Melbourne, obviously with the, the history and, you know, I remember when I first came to Australia, you know, one of the, the biggest, if not the biggest club that, you know, when I arrived in Melbourne back in 83, uh, the, the steeped in, uh, you know, tradition and success. And I think from Blacktown's performance on Wednesday night, where they really, really did push Western Sydney Wanderers, and then obviously your ability to get to the semi-final, do you think the potential, if they were all training full-time, that the, we, the gap between the A-League and the MPL, as we know it now, is is actually getting shorter? Look, I, I, think, uh, I think the standard of the MPL is improving. Certainly within Victoria and, and you'd say New South Wales, northern New South Wales, you know, all over the country, it's getting a lot better. Uh, the, the biggest difficulty we face with is the players are part-time. And for that fact, uh, you know, some some of them train two, three nights a week. And that's difficult when you compare that with an A-League team. Uh, and coupled with the fact that they've got five visa players. But I do think the standard of the NPL is getting much, much better. There was more A-League teams that um, either had very difficult games. Uh, Heidelberg won a great game against... Um, Perth Glory in one of the earlier rounds. So, yeah, that, that gap is getting closer. What disappoints me is, you know, the lack of opportunity for some of the NPL players in going to the A-League because I think there's some great players out there that certainly deserve the opportunity. This is Box to Box on NTS and News Talk Sport. We're talking to South Melbourne's Chris Taylor, South Melbourne coach Chris Taylor, of course, after a... a South Melbourne Hellas coach Chris Taylor. ...against the Gold Coast <laughs> midweek. And, and you do point that out, that, um, that the lack of opportunity, it seems to to uh, be an issue, you know, that, that, that that's not going away. I mean, how, how are these uh, players sort of reacting? What do they say to you uh, as their coach? Uh, you know, what, are, what do we need to do? Oh, look, look, I know they're very motivated and focused in what they want to do. Um, you know, and you, you hope at some stage uh, the opportunity, opportunity may come along. Uh, but the, the good part for us is, you know, playing teams like Sydney FC, uh, it gives us a chance to go on the big stage and compare it, you know, compete with the best. And, uh, and hopefully one or two people in their wisdom see that there are players out there that deserve the opportunity. Mm. Chris, um, tell us about uh, um, the, the squad you've got. Will you will you be able to um, uh, maintain um, all of the, the players through this period? Or it, you, you mentioned them part time. I mean, these guys have got jobs and so forth. How do you how do you actually um, keep all all the squad motivated? Bearing in mind that there's only, as you said, one game in seven weeks. Well, look, I mean, we, we're faced with other problems. You know, we've got a couple of players that uh, came to us in the mid midweek uh, transfer window. Yeah, uh, they're cup tied. Um, okay. We've got Bradley Norton, who's uh, uh, taken his partner across to Europe for seven weeks. He he never played last night, and he's unavailable. Coupled with with the fact it's quite a long, strenuous season, and uh, you know by the end of the season you pick up niggly injuries. Uh, Tim Marlin never played yesterday, so we're probably down to about thirteen, fourteen players, and that's when it gets more and more difficult. We've got. Um, Two players that won't, probably won't be available for the Sydney game, um, you know, because they booked uh, holidays earlier on in the year, uh, which they're entitled to, um, you know, and uh, you know the calendar kind of evolves as such. You know, we we, we never plan to be playing in mid October, and um, you know it makes it very difficult for people that have to book in holidays around work and uh, and their normal life. 
Last uh, last question, Stan. If if that's the case with your current squad, are you in a position to bring players in? Uh, look, I've not really looked at um, you know what the dynamics are, uh, that are and and how we could get a player in. Um, you know, I know that this special circumstances. I know Heidelberg a few years ago brought brought a player out from Greece to play. They play did, yeah. Melbourne City. Um, maybe that's an option, but. Um, you know, we 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 signed a central defender the year we got to the semi final from Sydney. Yeah, yeah. So I think well, it can I, be done. Yeah, I mean they're the sort of circumstances, but then you want to reward the people that have been there all year. And of course we've got you do. One or two yeah. Of course. Coming through. Of course. And for me, I'd sooner play players that have been loyal and and part of the club than bringing players in that just want to play one game. Yeah. The glory sort of thing. Absolutely. Hey, Chris, we'd love to go on longer, but uh, hopefully we'll get you on after that semi final uh, uh, with uh, one of the biggest upsets in, in the history of the FFA Cup. Yeah, no, I can guarantee it will be an upset. <laughs> <laughs> good on you, Chris. Thanks very much, right. mate. Talk then. Good luck. Thanks, Stick around, Dino, because we're going to get stuck into the, the uh, more detailed discussion around both games and a little sneak preview of the, uh, of the Alleg Ahead. Box to box. Can you the Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner. And this could be the most crucial Welcome back to Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. Streaming on the World Wide Web on digital radio and, of course, the podcast on boxtoboxnts.com.au now. Former Notts County man, 250-game veteran of the Victorian Premier League, Ascot Vale Technical Director. Pasco Vale. Pasco Vale. He's just testing. It's being, it's being called worse. It's, it's being called worse. What are they? What's their nickname, Dean? Pasco. Uh, well, De- Dean Paco. Hen- Paco. Is it? Paco. De- Dean Hennessy. In case you weren't listening, Dean, how are you, mate? I'm very good. How are you, Rob? Yeah, good, mate. It's been a good week. Uh, enjoyed uh, the uh, the Western Sydney derby last night. Um, it was yeah, very good, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. As much as uh, you know, I'm a little partial to the Wanderers. Uh, I, I was hoping that Blacktown could get up. I think um, I think as a neutral, I suppose, where you know, obviously we do a show on the A League, yeah. but obviously I'm involved in the MPL. Yes. I think what it pr- proved to me, I know artificial can be a little bit of a leveller, yeah. but having said that, I thought Blacktown gave an unbelievable account of themselves, mm-hmm. and most probably when they took the lead in extra time, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> there was an upset. In like even Bozza said, yeah. you know, yeah. on uh, Wednesday night that this could be a boil over because this could be the biggest result in the history mm-hmm. of the competition. I need to correct you on something. I would think that everybody who doesn't bury for Western Sydney Wanderers would have been on the on the Blacktown uh, bandwagon. And when they got in front, it was I was sitting on the edge of my seat just hoping and praying well, they I were agree. going to make it to the end of the game. But, so I've got a question for you, Dino. Yeah. Um, were Blacktown just a little bit naive and a little bit inexperienced in not being able to shut up shop in that last period of the game when they were in front? Yeah, look, uh, I think they touched on it after the panel uh, where they talked about the penalties and, you know, obviously the Western Sydney Wanderers boys were very composed. And obviously they missed a couple of those penalties, which obviously then, you know, put them out of the competition. But I think when you get in, you know, the coach had got... When you get before well, the penalties, well, the you coach got had, Yeah, well, the coach had got interviewed at full time and, you know, he said, look, I'm, we're not going to start to defend that. We're going to play the way we do, which is his mantra and I, I love all that. But then when you get yourself in front and you <laughs> and you can actually see the finishing line, you think, well, hold on, let's just shut the shop up. But And the thing was, the equaliser was a free header. Mm. So, like, it's just, you know, what we're thinking. So, again, maybe a bit naive, maybe a bit more experience and better quality in A-League when it comes to the pointy part of the game. And we've just spoken to Chris Taylor, very excited about advancing to the semi-finals as he would be. Uh, but that game uh, was... Uh, 
Well, we did. We we expected Six South Melbourne to win, yeah. but but um, but not the way they did. That was. Um, oh hmm. no! I think if you. I think they were the weakest team to get through to the quarterfinals. Yeah, but, but, to, but to lose 6 in a quarterfinal. if you look at who they had to play in their lead-up. And look, and I think this, this again, most probably, Blacktown, most probably one of the best teams in the country at MPL level. Um, and I know there's a, quite a few still strong teams in Sydney, but the, the perception around is that Melbourne is the strongest league in, you know, and Heidelberg have proven it. Mm. Bentley have proven it. Uh, South Melbourne have now proven it. Hume City proved it 2015. So, again, you know, it's getting to that semi-final. South Melbourne now are the representatives. And, um, you know, who knows? I mean, I know Sydney FC are a top outfit. It's going to be an interesting one. But um, Just on the on the Blacktown stuff, because you mentioned the, 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 the power that they are in the New South Wales NPL. Um, if you're a Blacktown fan, how gutted would you be today? Because... They, they had they had it in their hands. Oh, they did. They, they were going to be the first club to get through it to a semi final, first NPL club to get through a semi final. You know, having slaughtering a, an A League team in the yep. in the quarterfinals, it would have been some achievement, and it would have thrown. I mean, I know you talk about Victorian football, and uh, the, you know that's been probably a better standard than New South Wales, but you know, Blacktown last night they almost proved that, that well, they I, were the real deal. I think if you look at from Blacktown's point of view, that when you get to the quarterfinal. Your A-League teams are not very far away now from, you know, the big dance, which is in a couple of weeks' time. When they get to the semi-final, Different which is story. now, <laughs> they're absolutely locked well, and loaded. Well, with, with that in mind, and no disrespect to Blacktown, uh, what does it say about the Wanderers? Well, it does. It has concerns. I mean, I know they had opportunities in the first half to put the game to bed, but it's yeah. like anything, you know, they can sometimes come back to bite you. Um, and then Blacktown just grew, especially when the substitute, uh, was his name, Andrew, he came on and he was just lively, rapid, and uh, caused lively. them all sorts, he, and, and he scored both goals. goals. Took them really, really well as well. What? I mean, the defender, the young Akpo, uh, Akpo was it, the young boy? Yep. Sold himself a little bit and that's let him right, come yeah. into Asper. That's yeah, it. Yeah, uh, that's and I was close. Um, but he like left, you know, left himself. May just keep guiding him on there because he's always going to come back on his right. But look, it, I think it's. I think from you know the B League lovers of Australian football out there that are saying we need this. I think this proved last night that if these boys were full time, had their not two visa spots out there, but their five if they needed them then I think uh, you might find that the gap is starting to shrink. I agree with you. The gap is shrinking. But if I was a Blacktown City fan, I would be. I would have been on Thursday morning crying in my Wheaties. It was a missed opportunity. Oh, it was yeah. a missed opportunity. But good luck. To, well done to them. It was a fantastic yeah. Uh, yeah. fantastic um, event. Uh, really good support for Blacktown and obviously Wanderers. But, I mean, you talked about the Wanderers, Rob. Let's mm. not forget, they were awful last year in the A-League. Yeah. So, you know, they probably um, only served up a... a a bit of what they uh, were serving up last year. So they've got some work to do. They have got some work. I mean, yeah. and again, I know we've had uh, CT on already and that, but I mean, you can't go past their Notice performance as well. <laughs> well, Stan, CT. I've never called him Chris, actually, to be honest. But anyway, um, you know, to go away from home in any competition and win as comfortably as they did, the game was almost finished after the eighth minute when Matty Miller... Uh, had uh, made it 2-0 with uh, Zrafko Lewis scoring. Then the boy Daly, who went to Perth on trial. Mm. Um, you know, he's one of them where they, they quite like the look of him, but it didn't work out. Um, 37th minute, Lewis again, 52. Young Zini uh, in the 70th, and then Matt Miller pops up again to make it six. So it was a good hiding in the end. And I know we touched on this with Chris, but, um, mm. but you know, we, we fully would have expected a Melbourne side in the semi-finals, uh, just not 
the one that we got. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I mean, that's right. Victory I mean, in City at, at Well, that's doors. it, and that's most probably what they were wanting to sell it mm. out. But mm. I think, and I really do think, because mm. Sydney FC are, you know, they'll be in the A-League then, and get the, the season will be up and mm. running. Um, I still think they can still, still, still sell this out. I think oh, all so the Melbourne I, public will look, get behind them to see what it's like. This is the first time in the FFA Cup that Mark, who's in the uh, product, uh, producer's box, will be able to tell us this. But mm. um, I think it's the first time South Melbourne has played an A-League club in the FFA Cup. Mark, is that right? I there's, think it is. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, it is. So it's a big, um, it's, a, it's a huge, huge event for South Melbourne. Well, why don't they take it to Amy Park? No, no, they should keep it at Lakeside. No, keep it at Lakeside. Yeah, they should, that's their home. That's fair. I mean, if it's good enough for Heidelberg to play. Get it at Lakeside, yeah. fill the stadium, prove yeah. a point, yep. and that will prove their point on their and Just on Lakeside, I've been critical of Lakeside because when you're in the main grandstand, I think you're a long way away from the pitch. But at the NPL Victoria Grand Final, I sat over the other side yeah. in the grandstand that's not normally open. For no, it's normal. not. That's right. I sat over there, and it's a lot closer to the pitch, and the view is very, very good. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to this match because that's probably where I'll camp myself because I don't want to be anywhere near Van Aken. And, and let me just say, let me just say as well, with the the deal that you get at Amy, having known this in the semi-final, the club doesn't get an awful lot of money out of it. So when instead of having it at your own place where you can actually make okay, some money, yeah. you lose money. Yeah. So for me, that's going to be a real key from South Melbourne's point of view, but I think putting them in the shop window is really, really important for whether it's an A-League commitment or a B-League when it does happen. Dino, right. we've only got three minutes to go. I think Rob wants to wrap this segment up, but, but uh, just quickly um, on um, some news out of the... A-League, uh, obviously, while the A-League clubs that have lost or, or, or are no longer in the FFA Cup, they've been playing each other in practice games. Well, they have. Central Coast Mariners rolled Melbourne victory <laughs> at they, Amy Park. They did. It was behind closed doors. What and, have you heard about that, Dan? Um, oh, look, I think you can't take too much out of it. It's a, it's a pre-season friendly. Um, but from, from what you gather by, you know, because it was behind closed doors. Uh, it was 2-0. The 2-0, but they started with their full strength side, so to speak. Um, and, you know... I think it was only the exception of uh, Leroy George, who's a new signing, because uh, he only just arrived on the Friday, that he wasn't involved in any way, shape or form. But um, got turned over 2-0. And, and I think we all, we've said this in earlier shows, that Central Coast, there was something about what they did last year, the brand of football they played compared to the season before. And obviously this is a good scalp for them. This has got to give them an unbelievable boost for the start of the A-League season coming up. Well, I did hear that the Spanish, uh, Spanish player they'd signed as Drubal. As Drubal, yeah. I need to get that a uh, clarification on the pronunciation. As, <laughs> I mean, all these marquees, it's hard to uh, get your head around it the first time. But uh, the Maylis, he's, he's some player. The yeah, Maylis, he's, he's very that. So he could be something good for the Central Coast Mariners. And just on uh, Leroy George, or George Leroy, whatever we want to call him. Oh, did you see the highlights package? Oh, I did see the highlights package. It's it hits some from everywhere. He did, he did. But I saw him... Um, as you know, I do a little bit of uh, fitness work around that hand track, and I went down to uh, Gosh's paddock and did a bit of work down there, and I saw he was doing a one-on-one session with uh, Melbourne Victory's fitness coach. So obviously, uh, yeah, they want to get some work into him. Yeah, yeah. I'd say he didn't. Um, he looked okay, but he, he, he probably needs to. Uh, he's probably a little bit behind pre-season, maybe. And uh, also in that game, and again, the pronunciation might be a little bit dodgy, yeah, but, the, but the Dutchman way out Barama. Now yeah, I'm but, hoping Mark will correct me when he comes back in. Well, so. I'd want to be able to. <laughs> you would hope so. Yeah. So um. Yeah. So look, it's it's. I think what we need to also, you know, just for our listeners, is next week's the big show where we actually start to predict. That's right. We're going to where pick, it all pick goes. Our top four, aren't we? And, well, you know, no, we're going one to ten. One to we're ten. Going, oh, going deep into it. Get ready for that. Like role. we have for uh, the English <laughs> Premier League and mm. Championship. Mm. 
But also, we shouldn't uh, just before we go. Brisbane Raw also rolled Sydney SC, you know, pre-season friendly as well. So, so mm. some interesting uh, friendly results. Mm. How much you can take out of it, Rob? I don't know. Mm. But uh, if Brisbane Raw can roll Sydney in the main game mm. uh, later in the year, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah. but the fact that the the A League clubs with uh, you know national representatives in the side are, are going to be missing those, those players. Yeah, in they the are international duty. Like, yeah, um, Troisi and Milligan for victory um, amongst others. Um, it's uh, it's going to be even more difficult, so you want to get some miles into the legs of the uh, of the understudies, that's for sure. Yeah. All right, Dino, stick around. After the break, classy Perth defender Alex Grant is going to join us. Dino, you're going to return with the international scene, and we will wrap it up, as we always do, with a special a surprise edition of Stoppage Time. We've got a special guest in Stoppage Time, and he's going to have a rant. That's all coming up next on Box to Box. Now, this is Box to Box with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. Oh, what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner. Absolutely fantastic! Welcome back to Box the Box, second edition news shortly. Then we'll chat to classy Perth defender Alex Grant Dino with his preview of the International Week in Football and we'll wrap it up with Stoppage Time. A special edition of Stoppage Time with an old mate of mine, Ian Fowler, who's got a rant from the terraces about uh, the lack of... Match day programs. Now you might think that's not a big issue, but to him and a lot of other supporters it is. So we're going to get him on and have a bit of fun with that. But Marco, the uh, Socceroos squad for the, uh, the Syrian uh, home and away ties was announced during the week. There were a couple of surprises in there. There was one big surprise. So a shock bolter has been included in Ange's 30-man squad to take on Syria. Nikita Rukevitsa is selected in the provisional squad. The Makibi Haifa uh, player, but... Um, Dana? Yeah, Thoughts? look, I, I've I know Nikita quite well. I had a two, three day stint many years ago with a, a dynamic product that would recover you after f- fatigue. And uh, he, he was an interesting character. And I always thought most probably it was his mental approach where the athleticism was unbelievable. I mean, and, and when we did this particular, he was one of the most out of all of the players there got the most benefit because I think mentally he understood that sometimes you have to go to dark places to get to where you need to. And, you know, he's yeah, okay. he's done his overseas stuff, but I, I've always been watching him. I love watching him. I think he's an exciting player. One thing I'd say, of one criticism of Nikita is he's never settled down. He's never, he's gone to Europe, spent a season, come back home to the A-League for a season, back overseas. Now he's in Israel. Um, you know, a, a solid league, but not a, obviously, a, and look, a world and, he, and he's not Robinson Crusoe, is he? There's a lot of lads that go through the same type of process and they never really settle. And then when you find out that it's coming towards the end, you go, well, what did they do? And it's, um, hmm. it's hard. It's, 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 when you want to be a full-time footballer, it's, it's, you know, we know it's a pretty tough gig. To but in real, reality, what, what's the chances of him, him getting a start, especially with well, Matthew Le- Lecky? Make the 23 sort of first, yeah. Years, yeah. Yeah, yeah Tommy Urich should surely be in front of him, you'd think, Dana? Yeah, you would. Um, but look, again, it's uh, they'll be doing their research on, on their opponent as well, and that might be a factor. So, again, it's... Uh, and then there's little whispers you're hearing that, the, that there's a bit of a change, you know, with you know, certain players being included into the squad that, you know, is there going to be a tinkering from the three at the back? I don't know. Mm, I doubt it. Yeah, well, Rally Rasic doesn't uh, doubt it, does he? Well, it might, he might make our run sheet at uh, some point. But uh, goals from Azdrubal and uh, Walter Brahma saw Central Coast defeat Melbourne Victory 2-0 in a behind-closed-doors friendly this week. The Spaniard, uh, 
as the Deval. I'm sure I'm saying that perfectly. Uh, opened the scoring with a cracking lot from 25 yards before Brahma put the icing on the cake after halftime. Central Coast, I tell you, they seem to have made some very tidy signings in the off-season, and maybe it's time for Paolo Alcon and uh, the Mariners to advance. Yeah, look, I think um, last year, I think we talked about this earlier in the show, or certainly in shows previous, where we thought at times they played some really good football. You could see there was a change in the guard of the way they'd played the year before. Um, sometimes, you know, with that as well, you don't always get the results you think you deserve. Yeah. But there's no doubt. I mean, you know, he, if he played the way he used to play, because he was quite good to watch, he was easy on the eye, he could play a bit. Um, Ocon, we're talking. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, very good he was player. Unbelievably yeah. good player. And uh, and I think, you know, he's trying to stamp that onto his team. And yeah, look, I think it was a great result in the week. And I think they'll take a lot of credence with two weeks before the, the A-League season starts. It's a, it's a really good scalp, I think. We'd hope so. You wouldn't want Paul Lokon to, to go under the, the scrap heap of coaches because they, they really do need a, a solid season this year. Uh, they, they didn't um, set the world on fire last year. No. And there was a you know a, you know a fair bit of you know, controversy, uh, you know, uh, disruption or, uh, in a post match on a, on a number of occasions, and you know where he he wasn't uh, particularly happy with some mm, of the pretty questions to the point. being asked. Yes. Old uh, Paul. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, legendary sock Nate. This is the one you touched on, Rob. I know. Although I, legendary. I, I'm sock- sort of sitting here thinking, uh, yeah, I sort of. I'm, I'm I'm, I'm sort of leading into this story and you uh, for uh, uh, jumping back up, into the, the other story. But for those people who are listening, thinking, why did he mention Rally Rasic? Well, this, this is, why. is why I mentioned Legendary it. Socceroos coach Rally Rasic says Ange Postacoglu will sack himself if he doesn't uh, remedy his ways after becoming the first Australian coach to lead the Socceroos, of course, to the FIFA World Cup back in 1974 with a group of part-time players. Rasic is worried that uh, now the nation must qualify for Russia next year via four stressful playoff matches. If it continues to go the way he is going at the moment, oh, that's kind of Jewish. Anyway, um, if it, anyway, he's not Jewish, Rally. Anyway, if he continues to go the way he's going at the moment, he will sack himself, Rasic said. He has to change. There is naivety, uh, naivety which I actually kind of agree with. When uh, Holger Rosic qualified for the last World Cup, he got the sack, which is a good point. The question is now, I think the Football Federation of Australia thinks from a financial point of view, um, rather than a reality, rather than a reality check. So I've bungled that. But the point is, mm. do we agree? But I mean, look, I agree. There's two parts of this. I mean, in the uh, producers' box, I was asked before by one of the gentlemen in there, would you sack Ange? I said, well, no, I wouldn't right now mm. for both financially and football reasons. Mm. But um, um, it, well, I'll ask Dean. Yeah, what, kind of, uh, what other coach in the world, uh, knowing that we only needed a point against Japan? Uh, and then um, aware that we had, you know, a relatively uh, what we perceived to be easy tie, which turned out obviously not to yep. be against Thailand, uh, had gone out all guns blazing to try and get the full three points. Would you say that most coaches around the world, most international coaches around the world, would have set up shop for for a point? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think. And again, but everybody's different and every coach is different. Mm. And I suppose that's the unique thing about coaching. There's no two coaches alike. Mm. Like There's no two games that are ever alike. Mm. But yeah, I think it's always easy once the game's been played and the outcome's been, you know, and we know where we now sit and the position we're, up, we're now mm. in. Uh, if he had his time again, I don't know. I mean, to change from four to three, you know, when it was working earlier in the campaign, uh, you know, there's a lot of debate. Uh, would you sack him? No. Um, I think, I think he must have got an unbelievable, you know, like by winning the, the actual um, Asian Cup, mm. a lot of 
credit in the bank there for for actually winning. But there that. was there wasn't a team ranked lower than fifty in the world in that tournament. No, no, but again, Australia new to it as as per se new mm. to to this you know new confederation compared to like our Oceania days it is it is funny because that night and my wife was there my wife is not a big football fan mm. we had some brazilians sitting behind us and they were just they must have been tourists mm. and when we were all celebrating and going nuts mm. at ANZ stadium and of course we're, we're champions of asia and i didn't realize at the time because again i was i was one of the people going nuts she realised these Brazilian people behind us were kind of laughing at us, kind of going, oh, yeah, you've won Asia. Good on you. <laughs> like, like whoop-de-doo, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I'm not trying to discount it, yeah, yeah. but keep in mind, as you said, Rob, in yeah. in, in the context of world football. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't mind the fact that we, we celebrated... Uh, yeah, well, it's more the context of the celebration yeah. and, the, and the awareness of what we'd achieved, which is wonderful achievement as it was. It uh, it was in the, the sort of the B group of... The Brazilian fans behind us were kind of like... He wasn't down on it. No. He was saying it was Mate, the Brazilian I was very fans. up on it at the time, I can tell you. I think as well, it was in a, you know, like from a home country point of view as well, that was, that was massive. You Sorry, know. I did have to leave the studio for a moment, so I'm very important. <laughs> but I, He's what back, bigger uh, and better. Mate, you missed five <laughs> minutes of broadcasting gold. <laughs> can I move on? Yes, you can. Okay, Bournemouth uh, coach Eddie Howe has revealed Adam Federici is set to miss another three months with a knee injury. The Socceroos goalkeeper aggravated the injury he sustained last year during inter- on international duty. In Japan, how told the Daily Echo Federici has undergone successful surgery and is now facing 12 weeks on the sidelines. Now, what's interesting here is mm. still no Brad Jones. Going back to the Socceroos story, mm, yeah. still no Brad. What, what does Brad Jones have to do another, to get the Another Socceroos? clean sheet during the week too. In uh, he set records in Holland last year. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and and the Holland First Division um, is uh, it's not as it's, it's not gold, but it's, it's not gold, but it's not bad. You no, know? Mm. correct. So um, he I, he might have shat in uh, Mr. Pockle. Mr. Pock, Mr. Poster Coglu cereal. There we go. <laughs> no, it's well, not a good visual. No, it's not a good visual. Anyway, Huddersfield, better <laughs> news. Family show, Mark. Huddersfield Town Manager. Well, I've got it there. I've got there eventually. Huddersfield Town Manager David Wagner, or Wagner, as I like to say, has again heaped praise on Aaron Moy after he became the first run of the PFA's Male Footballer of the Year award this week. Uh, two seasons in a row, Aaron Moy adapted the Premier League football straight away and has put his stamp on Huddersfield Town. Wagner has said. Nothing we don't know there, boys. I think the but awesome the, with the PFA. I think awards. the thing as well with um, just to, especially with Aaron Moy is I think for for budding young players, especially Australian ones that you know are saying, oh, I'm 18, 19, 20 years old and I haven't made it. He's thrown the rule book right yeah, he's out. He's actually yeah. and he's given everyone a breath of fresh air yeah. that you can do it if you stick to your guns. You get a little break. You need a bit of luck in this game, as we know. But you know, for me, Aaron Moy is just yeah. outstanding. You know, and uh, really glad we've got him. Yep. And a good the next one more news. One more news item. One more news. The next one, please, Mark. The next one, please, Mark. Okay, venue. Oh, no. <laughs> I see why. <laughs> Venues and timings have been confirmed for the NPL National Semi-Finals. Both matches will take place on Saturday, September 23. Heidelberg United, who have never won the National Soccer League, host RPL Leichhardt at 1pm at Olympic Village, while Edgeworth Eagles take on the Brisbane Strikers at 4pm at Jack McLaughlin Oval. 
Well, good to see that uh, Heidelberg are representing Victoria in this NPL playoff, and it'll test Dean's theory that Victorian football is superior to the New South Wales sure Premier will. League. Yeah, and uh, RPL Leichhardt may uh, may disagree with you, and we'll see what happens on Saturday. Yeah, we'll see. Go the sure burgers. Go, okay, the burgers. Go the burgers. Okay, uh, stick around, because after the break, we're going to cross the continent. We're going to have a chat with Alex Grant from the Perth Glory Kenny will be hoping that there's a, a little bit more success coming from the Purple Army this year, and uh, we've got some questions to ask Alex about that. That's next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Welcome back to Box to Box. Now, last year, Kenny Lowe's Perth Glory... Flattered to deceive at different stages of the season. I certainly expected them to do a little bit better towards the sharper end, but uh, but when they were good, they were very, very good. And one of the men that did play particularly well last year and is big uh, has big hopes for the season ahead is Alex Grant. Uh, welcome to the show, Alex. Hey, guys. Hey, Alex. Um, look, I think that's a, a fair description of your season last year. When you were good, you were you you were as good as any, but um, there were just times that the team didn't um, seem to, 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 to come to play. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, we had when we did, like you said, when we played well, we uh, we really turned it on. Especially going forward last year, we uh, we scored a lot of goals, looked danger on the counter as we have done for the last few years. But obviously, we conceded a lot, and that cost us in the end. And uh, that's something we've got to work on this year, and hopefully, cut out. Alex, I've got plenty of friends that are Perth Glory fans, and they talk to me about home form and away form. If we break down uh, the, the last few seasons, uh, Perth Glory's away form is probably um, challenging uh, at best, and some, some people would describe as um, is not good enough. Has that been a focus in the pre-season? Um, about, I mean, it, Perth does have the toughest gig in terms of its away trips are, are, are longer than everybody else's, but do you guys realise away form is uh, probably the key to finishing higher up the ladder? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, like you just said it yourself, we, we've got it probably the toughest out of any team in the league. So the travel does get out here, but we know that. Boys who've come in, they, they realise that, and uh, we've just got to take it on the chin and, and crack on. But yeah, points away from home are massive. I mean, that's, that's how you win titles at the end of the day, in my opinion. If you were you maintain your home form and then you pick up points where you can away, then uh, obviously you're going to be at the top end of the, the table. So that's massive for us this year. Do you guys have a routine when you play away um, in terms of the times you travel and uh, and whether you train um, before matches in the cities you go to? Is there a bit of a routine? Does it change up depending on the time of the year? Um, yeah, I suppose so. Um, I mean, every manager's got their own um, routines before games, but the gaffer generally uh, likes us to train on the day we travel, just to get what uh, the, the jelly out of the legs and that, and uh, just so we're not having a, a day off really before the game. So, I, and I prefer it as well to be honest with you. So, if when we train in the morning before we fly, and then uh, and then obviously there's the option as well when you get to the hotel late at night just to go in the gym and have a little tick over in the uh, in the gym or just get a massage just to uh, just to loosen up and uh, get the flight out of your legs, which uh, can be a struggle because sometimes I find it when I'm away from home. It's uh, sometimes a flip of the coin whether I'll be feeling great or whether I'll be feeling really fatigued. And uh, I'm hoping this year I'll feel better most of the time when I'm playing away. So, yeah. And on a personal level, mate. Speaking of feeling better, uh, although you you know you did um, when you were playing uh, played well, but uh, but it was a bit of an in- injury ravaged campaign at different stages. But you're lucky that you you didn't need an operation on that foot. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a really bad injury. Um, 
a lot similar to the one that Sam Kerr had a couple of years. She got one up at, um, at Brisbane. I remember watching that game, and and yeah, that that ended her season as well, and it was very similar. But yeah, I was fortunate. I didn't need didn't need surgery on the foot, which was good, and it's uh, it's recovered really well, a lot quicker than what we'd hoped, really. So I was back back for uh, the start of pre-season, and I've uh, managed to stay fit um, all the way through again. So I'm looking forward to to getting underway this season. And hopefully what, staying injury free. And uh, watching uh, the FFA Cup, uh, uh, given that your uh, your opening round opponents away uh, at Spotless Stadium are the Wanderers. Uh, what sort of uh, observations have you got against them? They were nearly tossed by the uh, uh, the, the Blacktown uh, boys in in the uh, quarter final of the FFA Cup. Yeah, I watched that game last night. Actually, it was a it was a good game. To be fair, Western Sydney played really well. To be to be honest with you, they uh, they do look like they've uh, obviously they've recruited well. Uh, all the players back in early, which is uh, important, really. I think in uh, getting your squad together early doors, and they look like they've gelled really well. But you know, we've got to go there with the right mentality, and I'm confident we can uh, get a three points over there without a doubt and get us off to a good start. This is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. We're talking to Perth Glory's Alex Grant. Edge, um, you know, you're a close observer of football in the West. Um, what, what are your expectations of Alex's mob this year? My expectations are that Perth are going to make the finals, and if they can actually improve their away form, they could f- finish quite high up on the table because they do have an advantage playing at home. Teams struggle to get results in Perth, mm. so if they can improve that away form. And I like the look of the squad, Alex, um, in particular the imports. Can you tell us about the players that have come in, uh, maybe one or two that have, that have um, taken your attention at training and what we can expect? Yeah, uh, Andre who's come in, everyone obviously in the A-League knows what he's capable of um, after his uh, success at um, Western Sydney. So I think that was a great pick-up and uh, something I think we were missing as well last year slightly. We, uh, especially a lot with the changes we had uh, in the middle of the park, it was at centre-half and in centre-midfield. It was um, We didn't maintain that consistency, did we, in the, uh, in the, in the centre through the court? Yeah, there was lots the of players tried role. there, wasn't there? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. There's a lot of rotation, which is difficult if you look at Sydney FC. They, I think they only used 20 players all season and uh, generally kept the same starting 11 every week. And for me, that's that's the, what's uh, helped them do so well last year, keeping the same 11 on the pitch. Um, Javi's come in. Javi talks obviously as well. He's got that um, La Liga experience. Um, friends of Castro as well, so he's he fitted in really well uh, with the boys and he's a, he looks a really good talent. So... Uh, there should be some exciting things coming from him as well this year, which is good. And how is the main man, Castro? We're all very excited to see his partnership with Andy Keogh continue to flourish. I mean, um, he must do stuff at training that you go, yeah, he's very good. <laughs> yeah, he makes me better. That's all I love about it. He's, uh, do you like, have to mark him much at training? That's, uh, uh, most of the time, yeah. Generally, yeah. I'm uh, just looking at the back of his shirt when he's double past <laughs> me, so... <laughs> but yeah, he's uh, oh yeah, he's something else, and he's what is he now? Thirty-three, thirty-four, and doesn't matter. Yeah, doesn't matter how yeah, old no, he is, he's class. No, he doesn't. He's, mm. That's what I'm saying. He he, he just runs runs rings on players, and he's uh, he's been so good for the league, and like obviously so good for us. So he's uh, he's a great asset, and he's a great guy. He's so humble. Now there was yeah, a little there was a little bit of talk that he may not have come back this year. Was there a bit of a a worry in the camp uh, after the end of last season that that he may not come back? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know whether, what what went on there, but I think he was happy to stay. I think it was obviously just things, other things that would yeah. obviously influence James. him staying <laughs> in, in terms of money, probably or something yeah. like that. So, like most players these days, but you know that's it. That's all part and parcel of it. He's got to uh, he's got to make a living. So yeah. 
Now, mate, um, we, we love watching your coach's antics on the sideline. Uh, he, uh, Michael um, has suggested on a number of occasions... That Kenny Cam. We need yeah, a Kenny Cam. That's it, a money spinner uh, for the club by putting a camera on his head. or <laughs> not, not on his head, I should camera say, because you have a camera, permanent camera on him. But um, but uh, as, a, as a, a coach who is notoriously excitable and, and pumped up, uh, um, is, is that something that, that you enjoy as a player, to, to have a, a, you know, an excited coach who's really, you know, clearly... Uh, you know, he- heavily invested uh, in, uh, in in the whole uh, theatre of the game as as much as as uh, the game itself. Yeah, I mean, just by looking at him, you can see how passionate he is, and I, I've got a lot lot of respect for that. I mean, uh, after games, he'll go away and uh, he'll analyse it and uh, spend a bit of time on his own, um, and then he comes back in, and obviously we go through the games and stuff, and you can just tell how much much time and effort he puts into it. Um, and obviously he hasn't got a lot of coaching staff like compared to so many other teams. So sometimes he's doing doing more than one job. So he's a uh, yeah he's a good bloke to uh, to have doing the job. And speaking of coaching, um, we hear uh, you have a little bit of coaching experience uh, helping out yeah, uh, your brother's team in the Metro North Division too, mate. Uh, how's that going? Yeah, it's been all right. Very uh, up and down season. We. Uh, we were pushing for third place at the weekend, and uh, we got off to a two-nil, two-nil uh, start. We were up at half-time two-nil, and then we ended up losing three-two, which has been the story of our season really, where we get up and then just bottle it in the end. So <laughs> I'll have to, I'll have to <laughs> give him a grilling on the, when whenever training comes around. So. But in, yeah, but in all seriousness, really yeah, as as a, as a player, yeah. you know, in the very early stages of his career, uh, how has this experience of coaching a group of players uh, affected your personal uh, view on, uh, on on your coach and, and coaching uh, in general? Uh, I, I think you, obviously you see a different side to it, and you've uh, you got to give it to the coaches who are doing mm. it full time in the A League. I mean, it's not obviously as easy as what everyone thinks. Um, I mean, my boys, well, they're out on a Saturday night and then they rock up still hungover on a Sunday morning, so that's what I've got to deal with. But, you know, I can't, I can't say you can't do it, so I'm not, they're not getting paid for it. So Alex, really but did you, smash him, did you smash him on the track after a loss, though? Did you make him work harder after a loss on the oh, track? Oh, yeah, of course. Without a doubt, yeah. They'd be, running at, they'd be running at training and they hate me for it, but it doesn't go. Then I'm obviously taking what I've what I've got out of football so far in my career and, and just trying to help them and, and just make them into good folks as well as good footballers as best I can. Excellent. Hey, Alex, thanks for joining us on the show tonight, mate. We wish you luck for the, the season ahead. Yeah, we certainly do. Let's hope that uh, injuries are, are put behind you, Alex, and you have a great season, mate. Yeah, get get that combination with Shane Lowry going and uh, and allow those uh, boys up front to do their fancy stuff, mate. So, uh, yeah, good luck with the season ahead. Thank you. All right, stick around because after the break, Dino's going to be back. Uh, it's been a big week in uh, the international game with the uh, the, the Champions uh, League uh, fixtures over, but there's domestic football and uh, and lots of uh, lots of football ahead. That's all next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse, home of real brands and real savings, and Storage King. They're just around the corner. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. This is Box the Box on NTS News Talk Sport, and it is that time for our good friend Dino to walk us through what's going on 
in the world of European football, international football even, Dino? I think Edge wants to just jump in there. Well, I know. Uh, I want to, on behalf of Dean, uh, we should remember, I think it's been th- not 11 years, 13 years since Brian Clough passed away. And those people who do like to have a look on social media during the day, just a bit of an interlude from their normal work, would have realised that Nottingham Forest put out a magnificent little uh, package. And one of my favourite parts of it was when Brian Clough was asked a question uh, by a BBC journalist that uh, what happens when a player has a disagreement with him on the training pitch? And Brian Clough said, that, well, we sit down and we talk about it. And uh, he puts his view and uh, I listen to it. And then I put my view. And then at the end of that discussion, about 20 minutes later, we all know that I was right. <laughs> it certainly was. And to be fair uh, to Brian, um, not only did uh, Nottingham Forest do that, but also Derby County put an unbelievable tribute as well. Mm. And uh, it was good to see that uh, my dad was in quite a few of those clips, yeah, especially no when they won the league. Been, so that yeah. was always nice to see the old boy back on the, on the stage. But no, look. I mean, those uh, fans of a younger generation, um, go out and get the movie Damned United and uh, see what the Brian Clough story is all about. It is a bit controversial because they don't think a lot of what was said in that did actually happen. Well, Uh, it gives you a bit of an indication. It does definitely. His personality was very, very unique. Yeah, and uh, he was a superstar for the game. But let's get on to what else is happening in Europe. Yeah, but before you do, I just wanted to get into one little thing that's happening on at Chemist Warehouse. Oh, here we go. Because did you know that the skin is the largest organ in the body? We've talked about this before. We've talked about that before, Rob. We We certainly have. So healthy care. We're well educated, Rob, on this show. Mark Van Aken's organ is quite large. Exactly. It, it, I'll leave that one alone. Well, uh, grapes, skin, uh, yes. So you <laughs> love, of it. love the skin you're in with Healthy Care Grapeseed Extract for a Chemist Warehouse. As your body ages, oxidisation oxidation even causes your body to produce free radical cells, which are cells that can no longer repair themselves. Grapeseed extract may help to reduce free radical cell damage and could also assist in the improvement of blood circulation, which is important for healthy skin. Right now at Chemist Warehouse, you can get 100 capsules of Healthy Care Grapeseed Extract, 12,000 for just $15. Always read the label. Use only as directed. Vitamins should not replace a balanced diet, Dino. We're at... We're at only one place, and that's Chemist Warehouse. Where lowest prices are Mark should, uh, should realise that vitamins don't replace a balanced diet. Yeah, yeah. I think we all should understand I that. Think I, should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we should. You're always having a crack at him and he's not in the studio. He'll <laughs> come and start throwing haymakers at you. But, okay, so what's happening in Europe? Well, we've got the, uh, the EFL Cup. I mean, it's called something. It, what, what, the, the Carabao the Cup. Cup. We call it the League Cup. I, I, I actually it looked at it. Uh, it's, it's some uh, energy drink. Yeah, some energy drink. Well, it's that cup there. Um, mm. And look, um, some of the big boys were playing, but again, they Any shocks? Yeah, um, there's a few. Again, they're not all... Putting out their Aston big, Villa the big line. Beaten by Middlesbrough, maybe a shock. Yeah, not really. Villa's, Villa's form's pretty poor in the league. Bournemouth turning over Brighton. I think that's twice Leicester now. Leicester City beating Liverpool. Uh, sorry, no. Uh, Leicester, yep. Yeah, I mean, again, that bit of a surprise. Apparently, Liverpool had lots of chances early. Crystal Palace actually winning now and mm. getting off the board. So. Uh, uh, Roy Hodgson's uh, men have uh, got a result. Um, Most of the big boys, all the big boys. Uh, yeah, through, Tottenham, yeah. you know, made hard work uh, against Barnsley. Mm. And then, uh, in fact, I'll just uh, little, little say hello to my boy Matt. He was actually at the Chelsea mm. Nottingham Forest game okay, where Forest boy. took 5,000 supporters. Lovely. Was he amongst the 5,000 not Forest supporters? Well, he was when he's a Derby fan, but we had to keep that quiet. <laughs> but, but having said that, look, his grandfather played for uh, he did. played for Nottingham Forest for so many years, so I'm sure he felt uh, something. Yeah, I think he's entitled to be. Yeah. Yeah. Arsenal weren't exactly convincing. No, Doncaster. Uh, no, yeah. 
Doncaster, I mean, that's always a tough opposition at uh, Arsenal. But look, it's it's cup football. And as I say, they're not putting out their full strength team. They just want to get through. Mm. And um, I suppose most probably more importantly, the draw uh, now pits uh, Arsenal versus Norwich, Bournemouth and Middlesbrough, Bristol City against Crystal Palace. Chelsea and Everton, which I think might be quite good. Um, Leicester Leeds, Manchester City, Wolverhampton Wanderers, Swansea City against Manchester United, who are the holders, and Tottenham against West Ham, which will be a great game. So um, now, I suppose, to the Premier League. Um, well, What about well, the table, Dino, just quickly? Well, the um, table... Manchester City... Uh, bit of normality, that, isn't there now? Yeah, so Manchester City and Manchester United after big well, wins. I think Newcastle would like to hear you refer to them as being normality sitting in fourth spot. Well, they are a big club, and right. they got off to a slow start, and Rafa the gaffer... Uh, well, yeah, didn't, but after bouncing did, back Didn't from get the all the targets yeah. he wanted as well, with the chairman playing mm. games as he normally does. Mm. But uh, Rafa's, you know, a good manager, and they've got them in there. And it, I mean, they will be going absolute berserk being in the top four right now. Tottenham, yeah, they're hovering around and Huddersfield still hanging in there as well. And what about at the other end of the table? I mean, are we all... I mean, Dino's, you've got our selections there. I know we have, but we can't look at them yet. I I can tell you what, we didn't have Everton in 18th position in the relegation zone. We didn't. We 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 had them factored in around five and six, didn't we? Yeah, although I don't think they expected to have uh, the sort of off-field controversy from their their rookie signing, uh, um, one W. Rooney... um, you know who uh, who came in with much fanfare, scored in his opening game, and then got busted uh, um, by easy. the, uh, the oh, no. easy. vocabulary. Not easy. only that, uh, an easy one. It's they got the absolutely poleaxed in mm. uh, at Old Trafford, didn't they? And yeah. uh, and the, their old striker doing the damage on them too. So well, they've got they've got an opportunity, and you know this is like a relegation battle. It's 18 versus uh, 19, so it's Everton Bournemouth this weekend. Uh, the other highlighted game. Burnley and Huddersfield, 7th and 6th, uh, fighting out to stay in touch with the, the leaders at the top of the table. Um, West Ham, Tottenham, you can't always go past that. You know, uh, East End of London against North London, which is 17 versus 5. And then most probably on the Monday night, um, Arsenal against West Brom. And it's a middle of the table clash. But, you know, if, if either team was to win, they would bridge the gap and get closer to that top four. And not being an Arsenal fan, I just like the, the drama and outrage um, when Arsenal aren't doing well. So, uh, yeah, you know, look, for no other reason, I'm hoping West Brom I'll tell you what I'm looking well for. Arsenal TV do cover it quite well, don't they? they? Do. And I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to. The biggest Arsenal fan of them all, uh, Arscast. Um, Andrew Mangan, uh, those people who, who yeah coming out for the uh, the writers festival. Yeah, it's coming so out. Us, I can't so, wait so this to is see your uh, and Francis Leach, the great Francis Leach, uh, right. broadcaster uh, on a number of mediums around the country. Yeah, That's uh, right. Uh, it is putting a sports writers on, festival. So how, how, do you, how do people get involved? I uh, just go to sportswritersfestival.com.au. You can buy your tickets uh, in Melbourne and Sydney to see Andrew Mangan, um, ask cast or ask ask bloggers that is he's known all around the world and uh, pretty amazing story he is and he's the biggest Arsenal fan of them all and I can't wait to see him talk about Venga. And the ticket prices? What sort of uh, price bucks. Yeah, we'll that's get you in, that's in good. the gate there. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of entertainment. Uh, now a bit of time for Championship, our favourite league in the world, uh, Leeds United, a very famous club, heading the heading the table with Wolverhampton Wonders, once a very, very proud club in the old, old, old days. And uh, Leeds play Ipswich, who are in fifth, so that's most probably one of the games we want to watch. There is a relegation battle, though, down the bottom with Bolton Wonders, who are bottom against Brentford, and they are in our predictions, boys, so maybe a draw to keep them in, in there so we get the, the chocolates at the end of the season. Um, and Harry Redknapp got his marching orders at Birmingham City. I mean, that's... Six games in a row he got beat, unfortunately. Yeah, and so... poor old Harry did say... A 
don't think I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> but then, <laughs> Harry, how can, how can you ever count him out? No, I mean, you uh, can't. You can't. And look, we love Harry. around our Harry and trying uh, to get the Crawley Town job. Um, the Villa, the Villa Nottingham Forest game is interesting because that's like just basically Villa, hopefully trying to get a turnaround and get towards like the pointier end. And then there's the big Sheffield derby. I've got a question about James Meredith, who's playing his trade for yeah, Millwall. With Millwall. Uh, two best on grounds in the in a row. I mean, he wasn't named in the uh, in, the, in the Australian squad, but he's in the championship. He plays in that left-sided fullback position and played very well the two games he played. That's right, and we and we have a problem there. I just thought I he might have brought him in to have a look at him. I mean, look to give Gers back his credit. I thought he stood up on um, yeah. the night that the night he played. Obviously, we know the Brad Smith. We don't go keep going there. Uh, but yeah, look, I think James Meredith, uh, if he just keeps you like doing my what thinking? Oh, yeah, you like I, do, I do like your thinking. I mean, obviously, we've got a soft spot for James. You know, mm-hmm. we're the ones that took him over there and gave him his chance at Derby. But he's a, he's a good boy. Um, we'll be seeing him when I get over in November. Having said that, Aziz Beach is back in the squad. So yeah, and, and again, I think there's another one where yeah. we took. I know it's not the Australian yeah, segment yeah. of the. But, it, but it's, it's relative, you know? Yeah, but yeah. the Sheffield Derby, now, this is going to be massive. This, this, this is, is massive. like. This is a big, 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 big game. How uh, long since they've played in the same. Well, that's the thing. I can't remember I can't when remember. they did. I think they may yeah. have got called up in a cup one where they drew each other. But this is at um, this is at Hillsborough. So yeah, just, for, just for fans of, uh, of football around in Australia, just it, this, this is a big derby. Massive. This one, isn't it? Oh, this is Sheffield is a big town. Big town, and it's split right down the middle between these two clubs, isn't it? Oh, this, Wednesday and yep. United. And this is one of the biggest ones outside the big, big ones. You know, the one that everybody knows. You know who we should get on next week? Just Dougie Hodgson. We should get Doug yeah, Hodgson, get Deadly Dog the, on. the former burger who played yeah. for Sheffield United and played yeah. in these games a lot. He'll be able to tell us how uh, rude they were, and they were very rude. Yeah, they were. (laughs) Okay, all right. Well done, boys. Dina, well done. Thank Thank you, you. Rob. Um, We never get through everything we want to get through, but you've always got a pile of stories. Piles of stories. Yeah, well done. All right, stick around, because stoppage time is next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. On digital radio, streaming on the World Wide Web, and of course the podcast on box2boxnts.com.au. Now, if you're planning a holiday over these coming school holidays, make sure Storage King is your first destination because Storage King is the way to secure and store TVs, computers, wine collections, and more. If it's precious to you, store it safely for your return with Storage King. There is just one around the corner. They are the kings of storage, moving, and more. They're the kings of football football memorabilia. If you've got it, get it into Storage King. It'll be safe there. Storageking.com.au is the website. 1-800-STORAGE-KING is the number. Now, 1-800-STORAGE, of course, is the number. Now, uh, this is stoppage time. This is an extended version of stoppage time. When do I get to sing the uh, the song? The Storage King Storage jingle? King song. Okay, well, we'll have a special edition when? of uh, next next week. Okay. okay. Yeah, because uh, cool. it is a great jingle. You might but, need to practice it. Mark, but I, I, you know. I now, so. um, one of our, I think... play with it, Michael. Gentlemen, our original listener to this program uh, is a very close friend of mine, and I have probably never said this to him, but I think growing up in a, a western suburbs of Sydney home uh, who were uh, rugby league fans, he was the man who I attribute to uh, starting off my personal passion for the world game. His name is Ian Fowler, and uh, he is a, a huge fan of the game, and he has been ranting on Twitter this week. And uh, No, no, just before we get into uh, Ian's rant, we've got a couple hey, of questions. Well, well, why don't we, we welcome him we, to the show, Fowler? Welcome, Ian. Welcome to the show, mate. 
Oh, thank you very much. Nice, good, nice to be on. Thanks, Got God. a question for you, Ian. I mean, when uh, Rob has his brother Tim on the show, which we've had a couple of times, Rob, mm. you know, goes on about the Tim used to eat all the food. But I I don't know whether that's right. You would have been over at Rob's place as a young fellow plenty of times. And is that true? Did Tim used to eat all the food? Um, yeah, definitely. They, they all gave it a nudge, let me, let me tell you. I mean, um, they... There'd be meals in front of them, but they would they would pick at each other's meals. Okay, so they wouldn't just eat their own. They'd be, you know, someone would look away and something would be taken off a plate. Yeah, but Fowler, the fair. famous incident was probably Pat, who was uh, who was on this show in the early days from the terraces, the Western Sydney Wanderers fan. So you, you go out with him, mate. It, it is first in best dress. Really? It's not, not like you know if there's there's mm. four people sharing a couple of pizzas. It's mate as quick as you can eat, mate. You just get. But how did you convince this Sharkies fan who sits across the table from me every week? To be uh, become so passionate about football, Ian. I know. Look, it, it is it is quite remarkable. Um, he uh, he never played the game. I, I played the game up until I was about twenty six or something. But um, um, but yeah, I, I, I eventually dragged um, you know Rob and Pat out to a game. I can't remember. No, I, I did turn up. Was, no, but... I, I played one game for Guildford United, and it was the day mm-hmm. they took the photos, and uh, and I was holding the ball. I've still got that photo. <laughs> <laughs> Now, but now let's get on to your rant because um, yep. there's a, there's another guy in this studio here, Mark Van Aken, who's a bit of a magazine man, and he will understand. I've been uh, I've, I've saw your couple of tweets uh, Ian uh, during the week because I do have a sneaky look at you every now and again, and you've been going on pretty seriously about that there is no programs anymore. That's right, anymore. In fact, I can't even remember when there was one at all. I mean, there might have been back in the, the 80s and 90s, the odd game I went to when I was when I was a lot younger. But since 2005, and including that famous Uruguay game, there has been not one program issued um, at a Socceroos match or a, or a Matildas match. I'll throw that in now because I went the other day. But, um, yeah, that, that's... That's the reality. There are, there are no no programs. You cannot get your hands on one uh, because they don't exist. Now, I remember when I was a kid because you would go. I mean, I would go to the burgers as a young fella and I'd get mm-hmm. the program and you'd get home and you'd pour over it backwards and forwards and you'd look at it and look at it and it would always have the table in it and then you'd put the results in and shovel up the you know arrows up and down depending on who went on the table. You'd smell it. I mean, it was a big thing when you were a kid. So what are the kids these days doing? They can't well, take it home. Different. No, they've got they've got nothing. I, I appreciate we're in the digital age, but that's but that's not the point. I mean, not everybody that goes to the game is, uh, you know, is is all over, all across digital. I mean, uh, and and whether they are or aren't, they should be able to buy themselves a program and have something to keep if they want, or at least have a look at and and find out, you know, who is who on the pitch. I mean, not you know, not just the, the Socceroos, but the op- you know the opponents. We want to know who these people are, and and we're just we're just not in the race when you go to the game. It's uh, it's, it's quite appalling, really. It is interesting, the point you make, because you go back to, um, I'm trying to think the last time, the, the Socceroos definitely, past 2005, did have a program. Uh, I know the old uh, 442 Haymarket guys. 442 used to do it for them. Yeah, they used to do it for them. So, But I reckon five or six years ago, and it was about five or six years ago that the A-League stopped doing a program too. And because okay. sim- yeah. simply no one was buying it. You know, right, so okay. and they were losing money on it. But um, for big games, you're right. It's one of those things you do for it's 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 your mm. keepsake of a, of, is, of a yeah. major event. And I know, I reckon Lou with his uh, Lou sticker with tribal sports, they still I reckon mm-hmm. do them for the big games like when Arsenal come out, um, when Liverpool yeah. come out, all that sort of stuff. But it's a point well made. Ian. 
Yeah, I mean, look, there seems to be more interest in those games when when Liverpool or Arsenal come out. Um, but but to, you know, to my way of thinking, um, I mean, the, the meaningful Socceroos are the World Cup qualifiers. Socceroos games are the World Cup qualifiers, and and as far as I'm concerned, they're, they're, they're bigger games for this country than an NRL Grand Final or AFL Finals, all that sort of stuff, in my view. And and you know, the fact that I can't even the Asian Cup Final in 2015, no program. Didn't have it. I mean, you're right. Yeah. There was there was some sort of guide that came out by SBS or something uh, in the lead up to it, and and but you know there were um, there were hardly any squads in there. There wasn't much in there. But you want to go to the game. You want to know you know who's on the pitch, who's on the bench, you know who the coach is, maybe a few little stories or whatever. Um, and yeah, you want to hang on to it. You know, All right, as guys, as you can. we are going to launch a, a box-to-box like investigation a opportunity into this. Yeah, and we are going to find out with Fowler. We're going to get to the bottom of this uh, mm-hmm. because we know you're not the only one out there. And as much as we're having yeah. a, a bit of fun with this, it is a fair income topic. And I, I'm a collector myself. Um, and mm-hmm. I know um, I have seen your piece of personal memorabilia that you created from the, the the great 2005 game that we all know, and uh, you know, with the picture and the. From Can the, I say, the, Rob? Fairfax too, Express, I actually yeah. have penned a few pieces in the old. It used to yeah. be called aptly named Socceroos. It was the yeah. Socceroos magazine. So yeah. Yeah. I've mm. penned a few pieces in there, but uh, you're right. All right, we're launching an investigation, Fowler. You've, your rant has been heard at the highest levels of, uh, of football in this country. <laughs> well, well, look, no, I'm, I'm appreciative of that, and I, I, was, I guess I was just wondering whether um, are you guys due to get on um, anyone from the FFA anytime soon, and, and, and is that a question that can be put to them? And I'd be interested in what they I have I guess to what, say. mate? Dino has been tuning in, and he's yeah. going to jump in here. He's going to answer well, that question there. I think uh, calling the... FFA at this moment in time, they're up to their neck in trouble. I don't think they're going to be worried about <laughs> programs, unfortunately. But, but well, that is that is a shame. That it is, is a shame, shame. Because, because they're ignore, you know, they're, they're they're shunning, you know, the history of the game. I mean, you know, God help any God help anybody who wants to, you know, trace back, you know, who's actually played for Australia and what their numbers are and all those sorts of things. Um, because it just, uh, I don't think the information exists. No, it doesn't. I mean, look, I, I'm from obviously England and I had a dad who played and I've got programs from his career and even now in England they do programs at all, all matches at all the top clubs in, in England, everyone, you know, because that's where you get all your history. And, because you and, take it home and, and you take it home and you look after it. it. Can I say, two boys, I mean, Oz Football, OZ, which I hate when people call Oz, OZ, but OzFootball.net, does a good uh-huh. job of tracking the history and it's it got does. a lot yeah, of uh, stuff and it's volunteer based guys like Tony Pasolia, Roy Hay I'm leaving some people out here um, but I've criticised this for a long time there is actually no proper archive and that's no. about as close as you're going to get to it and it goes back th- decades right, right. but yep. FFA their job is to be the custodian of this history and Fowler the, right. the voice from the terrace he has been heard. He has been heard. Well, pointed. and if we get to, um, some uh, big banana on from the FFA, we'll, on behalf of Ian Fowler, the voice from the terrace, we will ask him, on his, on his behalf, can they bring back the program? <laughs> Please, that that would be great. I mean, I'm going to the Syria game, you know, in a few weeks' time. I cannot wait. But um, anyway, <clears throat> wish me luck. <laughs> Good on you, Chuck. Talk to you soon. Wish you luck. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, gentlemen. I uh, love the show, and uh, yeah, much appreciated. Good on you, mate. Talk to you soon. Cheers, boys. Bye. Now, Dino, you Rob, had no, a, Rob, why do you yeah. call him Chook? Fowler. 
Yeah, foul. Foul. Yeah. <laughs> foul. Yeah. Good. So, good, uh, good one. I like uh, it. Yeah, I could get that one. That's pretty good. Dad, before we go, we've got a couple of minutes left. We're yeah. going to go from the sublime to the ridiculous, or the ridiculous to the sublime. Tell probably. us who Mark Sampson is, Dean. Yeah. Well, Mark Sampson, well, was uh, the manager of the England uh, football team. Um, just even recently, just won, won a competitive game 6 0, and, uh, you know, everything is a Welshman. Um, became the England coach in December 2013 for, and he left Bristol Academy. Um, so he's been sacked because of inappropriate and unacceptable behaviour with female players in a previous role, not even the role yeah, he's in Yeah, so now. he's gone back to his first so role. When he was with the Bristol Academy. And, Bristol and the question Academy. is all about not only the behaviour, but it's about the due diligence of uh, of the FA in employing him when this incident When happened. that was going. And, um, yeah. and the English player concerned, Dino, um, uh, there was some suggestion she's a, a, an African uh, and uh, English background. Yep. Yeah, yep. Uh, played over 100 games for, for the Lionesses. Yeah, it was uh, um, raised that there was about perceived bullying and perceived racism. There was some um, remark about Ebola. Uh, um, in, in one of the articles, uh, so it just seems like uh, there was a, a, a appears to have been uh, bullying and. Uh, you just think in this back. day and age, though, the way you know with football, what it is is how how has it got to this? You know, how has it got to this? I mean, the the, the big hit in the article says this this situation is a mess, and it is. And if you look at the social media that's going on right now over in England, uh, it's they're getting a the hammer in the FA for for actually. Mark for doing this. Not clearly. I mean, we don't know the ins and outs, but yeah, if, if the allegations are true, well, the FA have got no choice. Mm. And how they talk about due diligence, how do you hire someone without due diligence for your national team? Mm. But Seriously. then you, you read some of the articles from the, the players and the players who the are still in the squad, they're supporting Yeah, him, the captain, yeah, yes, Steph what's uh, Halton. Yep. What's intriguing here, uh, the, the Bristol Academy released a statement saying basically exonerated him. Mm. You know, so there is there is intrigue. So, the, so regardless or not, I mean, and they're saying he and the FA are saying he can go on and, and coach uh, football after all this. Bless you there, Mark. Um, so if that's the what you say, yeah, I saw that. Prost. And then that, I mean, what did you see that? Yeah, I mean, weird. it's very well, very. Let's poor. take it on more next week because that is the end of the show, gentlemen. It's been uh, wonderful experiencing another two hours with you. It is full time <laughs> on Box to Box. Join us next week when we go from one end of the pitch to the other in the World Game.